0: Welcome to our podcast, Chill Out Mama. I'm Sabria.
1: And this is Crystal.
0: Motherhood is a beautiful struggle. Do you focus on the struggle more than the beauty? We are two friends navigating the pressures of today's moms. In this space, we share transparently about worries, stress, and anxiety that we face in motherhood. This beautiful struggle isn't meant to be tackled alone. Come along with us on this journey and let's chill out together.
1: of chill out mama let's start out with a bit of a check-in sabria before we jump right into our topic how are you how you doing girl honey Uh oh
0: i feel like i should be a hermit today
1: a hermit
0: okay yes (laughs) let's talk about let's let me give you this analogy do you remember in the wizard of oz when toto found the wiz and he was back there still (laughs) moving and grooving like don't see me don't see me here I am he felt exposed so I felt exposed after talking about all that we shared like that was a lot not Mm -hmm. vulnerable because that's different like Mm -hmm. vulnerability is the choice you do it actively but exposure kind of just happens sometimes and so I felt a little bit exposed like I let people behind the curtain Mm -hmm. and they saw what was going on and so today we're going to open up the curtain again. I don't
1: know how I feel about that. <laughs> OK, I get that. I, and that does sound like a little bit of a vulnerability hangover, but maybe for you it's more of an exposure hangover. Yes. <laughs> but if they, like, the curtain's already open, mm-hmm. so they're not really going behind it anymore, there is no more curtain.
0: Right. And so I, yeah. And so we have been talking about what's stealing your chill. So I recognize that when I feel that way, I want to procrastinate and I want to avoid. Mm -hmm. So literally this morning, I was ready to text you and say, let's not record. But the other part of me that commits to things said, I got to push through. Mm -hmm. So that's where I was this morning. It was that juxtaposition of, I don't want to record. I don't want to do that again. But we committed to this and we have to see it through. So if you're listening to this today, Crystal, pushed the button and push play. I did not.
1: <laughs> but I, look, like, you even had to host the meeting. <laughs> right. You <laughs> actually did have to press the button, but yes, it was me today that was like, let's push on and let's do this. But, but I it have,
0: doesn't have to be published. <laughs>
1: no, it doesn't. And nobody ever even has to really see any of this, see or hear any of this. But... For our kind of personality, and it's going to happen differently for us. I think we found that out last time. Like, even though we're both introverts and we share a lot of similarities, things are going to trigger that, you know, privacy, not wanting to be exposed, possible embarrassment, all that kind of stuff in different ways. I didn't feel that at all. Huh. I felt like, I just was like taking these tests. I love to tell people the results of these tests. I feel like it's, I'm just learning about myself and then I share the knowledge with other people. Yeah. And maybe that's like the teacher part. I don't know what that is in me, but there have been other times where I have felt what you have felt and like, why did I say that or like, I don't want anybody to know that about me. So I totally understand. And I'm proud of you for pushing through. Thank you. I remember that's what we're even talking about on this season is what steals your chill. And then what can you do about it? Like, right. I think pushing through is going to help it not steal so much of your chill maybe next time, right? right. So like, I can do it again. The curtain is already gone. The world did not end if this is out or not, right? <laughs> Me knowing more or someone else knowing more about you doesn't, it, for the most part, doesn't change anything.
0: Not at all. But you know, at the same time, like if we don't grow through things, we mentioned this in the last episodes. Mm-hmm. If we don't grow through things, then we can't become our authentic selves. Mm-hmm. And so show we're up always going to put. Right. Right. Yes. And so I'll let y'all down. into the dark side. <laughs> and, and here it is. <laughs> it's not the dark
1: side, it's moody. Dark. It's dark. <laughs> it's okay. It could be dark, but really nice and fashionable and stylish. Like I want a black room. Uh, So I think that's that part of me. I don't like a lot of lights on in the house. Like there is this, I call it moody, but it could be dark and I I think it's kind of cool. So, but it does come from exposing it and accepting it about ourselves. Right.
0: Right.
1: So that's what we're encouraging y'all to do too. So thank you for your vulnerability. You're welcome. Here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to continue on um, in our Who Are You episode. And last time we covered the um, Myers-Briggs slash 16 personalities, um, the Enneagram and the DISC assessments. So kind of like just a recap, Sabria and I are, I are INFJs and I am a one, Sabria is a five. I think that was it. And we saw a lot of Correlation between those assessments and um, we also looked at how they show up in our lives, So today we're going to be looking at kind of our personality when it comes to relationships and spirituality. So we're looking at the whole woman whole human being so we're going to be going over our love and apology languages today and then our spiritual gifts and temperaments and i'm looking forward to this, how you feeling about it. Uh huh. Let's go. Let's Let's go. go. (laughs) So let's start with our love language. Do you know what yours is?
0: Yes. My top two are physical touch and quality time.
1: Okay, And mine is quality time and words of affirmation. Yeah. You don't have to touch me much. (laughs) I can actually be touched too much. (laughs) Please go away. yeah, so let's talk about some simply the one we have in common—quality time. Yes. So, what is what is the the love language of quality time? What does it mean?
0: So that means that I will feel love if people are sp- spending time with me, and that doesn't mean sitting together watching a movie. Like that's not quality time for me. It's sitting together having an in-depth conversation about something, or having dinner or doing an activity together while talking about it, um, that's quality time. Doing something that I enjoy. Um, it used to be going to Michael's and now it's going to Home Depot or Lowe's. Yeah.
1: Grown-grown <laughs> quality time.
0: Grown-grown honey. <laughs> how, does it, how do you perceive that?
1: Um, it's pretty much pretty similar. I don't mind sitting watching a movie or something like that, but I need us to be focused on the same thing. So if you're just sitting there, but you're looking at your phone or you're like doing something else and you're just being just in the same room with me, that's not quality time. So if we have decided we're going to watch this show together, if we've decided that we're going to watch this movie and then maybe talk about it afterwards, both of us need to be focused on it. Otherwise, it feels like you might as well not be here. Um, So and it's very similar to the other things you said, um, but I think it is about focusing your attention on me or our relationship. Doing something sometimes that I enjoy or that you enjoy, and to bring us closer—that feels like quality time to me. Yeah. Um, not just doing things just to do them, like having some intention behind it. And of course, that goes back into like you know, everything has to have a purpose for me. So, <laughs> why mm-hmm. are we why are we doing this? <laughs> so, even doing a test like this, if we both took time to do this test and discuss it with each other, that will be quality time to me. So. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, and I would say, um, I would say that these things are expressions for the pe- like people demonstrating these things to you and not so much you doing them to them. Like if you like to give gifts, that's not your love language. It just may be a quality of your life or your personality, your giver. Mm-hmm. But these are things that you need to feel in order to feel loved.
1: Yeah, so maybe we need to really explain what a love language is. Not every we think I think it's pretty popular, but not everyone really understands what love language is. So a love language is how you receive love or interpret someone's behavior as love. So many times it is the way that we give love because we wanted to receive it that way, but that's not always the case. And so the importance of Gary Chapman talks about the importance of it is to be able to speak your partner's love language so they feel loved. So if my love language is quality time, but my husband keeps bringing me gifts and he thinks he's showing me that he loves me, I'm still not gonna feel loved and then there's conflict in the relationship. So he needs to understand that mine is quality time. And then maybe I think just sitting there with him watching a movie, he should feel loved now and he wants a gift. <laughs> so that's, that's his language. So the importance of knowing your own is to be able to communicate to the other person what you need and how you feel loved, but also being able to speak your partner's love language and your children at some point. Yes,
0: yes. and you can learn those early on because I knew the boys right away. They, children mostly like quality time.
1: Yep, yeah. and some of them touch. Touch is pretty big there too when they're younger. They may grow yeah. out of that though. But, yeah, a lot of them do. But, ooh, my my Morgan loves gifts. Does she? And she loves to get. I mean, like, when she makes a new friend, it's almost like clockwork. The next day, she'll try to find something or make something for them. Almost like to solidify the friendship. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So she has bracelet-making kits. She has all these things that, like, when she makes a new friend, and she always personalizes it. And then she's like, I think that she'll like this color. And then she gives it to the person the next day. They never have to give her anything, but yeah. she gets so much joy out of that. But she does love getting gifts. <laughs> <laughs> so So what was your second one?
0: It was um, touch physical touch okay yes so So I have always grown up my grandmother was a hugger and so I remember hugging so hugs are important to me um and I often when I say goodbye I give hugs when I say hello I give hugs even if it's like some new moms that I met at the school I hugged the lady I was like you know we hug and I hugged her and she was like yeah we do (laughs) she didn't know me (laughs) but I hugged her felt like a kindred spirit so yeah
1: does that come up when like you feel a connection with someone or is it just anyone?
0: Yes, it has to be a connection.
1: Oh, that's what I thought. Okay.
0: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so when you're giving physical touch, it does need to be specific to someone you feel a connection with. So yeah. with someone in your life, though, if they want to love you that way, is it that you want hugs? Is it that you, what is it?
0: yeah i don't mind hugs and like the boys and i will hold hands sometimes walking through the house um andrew especially because he's physical touch as well and so we'll hold hands and they'll put their feet on me it doesn't bother me and sometimes they'll like like he sits on my lap all the time and it's just like oh we are spending quality time together and physical touch at the same time this is good i love you andrew and he'll tell you mommy i love you so much i can't stand you Instead of I can't take how much I love you, I yes, yes. can't save
1: you. <laughs> that's really sweet. That's sweet, and it's it's great that you have someone in your household where you speak that to each other so effortlessly. Like yeah. sometimes it's difficult if if you're trying to meet somebody in a way that it doesn't really make sense to you, or you mm-hmm. don't receive love in that way. But that's awesome that y'all just have that naturally. So you're like I need yeah. some touching time. Come on here, Andrew. <laughs> And he is that just, he will just sit on you and just like, yeah. we're good here. So
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> that is sweet. So and your was, other
0: one is words of affirmation.
1: Yes, words of affirmation. So when I first read it, I was really, the first time I did the love language quiz, I was surprised that that was it because I'm not a big like compliment person. I don't, I don't think I received them well, but if it's very specific to me and I believe it, It means a lot. So I don't like just random compliments, but I guess that's what the, like the affirmation, like this person knows me and they saw how hard I worked on something or they're speaking to something that not many people know about me, then that feels like they truly love me. I guess it's part of like being known. Um, So if they compliment something that's truly specific to me and seems like they was thoughtful, then that means the world to me.
0: Honey, that is that INFJ mixed in with the words of application.
1: I know. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> can be simple, though. It's just... <laughs> right. <laughs> like, if, if someone says, oh, I like that outfit, I'm like, thank you. But if they're like, now that looks good with that and that color on your skin, I'm like, okay, thank you. You look like you really put thought into that, that look today and that just does something for this. Um, and that's specific to me. You're not just saying you just like the outfit that has nothing to do with me. That doesn't affirm me that this outfit could be on anyone. Yeah,
0: Yep. that makes sense. So give us an example of words of affirmation because some people may not know what that is.
1: Okay, It's it can be compliments, but it's just um, someone affirming who you are Telling you things like you want to hear that they love you. You want to hear words that they appreciate you that you are valuable to them. So you like to hear it Whereas someone else may not need the words. They just need the hug or the hand holding or um, What we talked about before just spending time together and they don't need to hear anything. But if your love language is words of affirmation. There are times that you just need to hear it from the person and then they can go about their business.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I I tend to be that way with people too. Like if I wanted them to know that I appreciate them, it isn't gonna necessarily be that I send you a card or buy you something. I'm like, I've been wanting to say this to you and I wanna tell you, this is how I feel and I appreciate it. And that tends to be the way I give that love.
0: Yep, that's you and that's me. (laughs) (laughs) And So we're different in that respect. Are y'all keeping score, (laughs) not that it matters, but. So there
1: are three more, right? So we'll talk about the other three. Um,
0: Acts of service is one. And that just means like Z sometimes will wash the car for me. And one day I said, that doesn't mean anything to me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Could have said it nicer, but I know that that's not a love language for me. Um, And so some other things like that would be like, Organizing something for someone, or helping them clean up something, or running errands for someone—those are acts of service. So doing things that will serve them and take something off their plate.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like a lot of men. That is one of one of theirs. I, I wonder who yeah. it is. I mean, some women. That's yeah, but I feel like a lot of men is like acts of service and physical touch. So I want. I wonder where that what that is. Maybe it's moms doing things for sons or like they remember their mothers doing things who knows but
0: but you know men are so tied to work and mm-hmm. fixing things naturally and that's how god created them and so i think doing that for them would take like z we talked about this the other day he does not care for yard work mm-hmm. And so hiring, outsourcing someone to do that for him is taking it off his plate. And so that's a act of service. Like he's, And I would say that's self-care. Like he was able to recognize that and say, I'm not going to do that, mm-hmm. but someone else can do it and I can have the time to do something else. Mm-hmm. That's
1: true. That's true. Kevin doesn't mind doing it, but he wants someone out there with him. Or like he wants- Quality time. To help him. So it's like the act of service is kind of in there. Like help me do this, help me complete the task but then also just having someone in the area with him, the quality time is mixed in there with it. Yeah. And I'm like, can we just hire somebody? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, So that's acts of service. Neither of us is acts of service. I think that may be my second to last one. Um, and gifts, we kind of talked about that, but this is someone that just like receiving gifts. But I think the cool thing about, the gift love languages it doesn't mean you have to spend a lot of money on them right like these people are like if you were at the dollar store and you knew they needed some vaseline and you brought back the little thing of vaseline they're like thank you yep the deeper meaning is that you were away from me and you thought of me and so you Mm -hmm. brought me back to let me know you were thinking of me while you were away yeah
0: and that's love for them. That means that you're on their minds. Yeah,
1: and then you probably <laughs> something for me to think about the fact that you were thinking about me. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> and then they say you you must have been tired today because you've been running through my mind all day. I got you some Vaseline. <laughs> and
1: those people, they're just like, yes, thank you. <laughs> But yeah, and my daughter is is like that. If I'm waiting, I can bring her anything back. And K- I think Kendall knows that about her. So if we're out and she's like, hmm, Morgan would like that. And then she'll take it back to her. And yeah, so they're getting to know each other's love languages too. So I think that's, a, it's a sweet one. When I first saw gifts, I was like, well, I don't need gifts all the time. But it is sweet when maybe someone's been on vacation and they think of you and bring you something back yeah it doesn't mean a whole lot to me but if you know that that means something to someone else that's a really easy way to show them that you love them
0: yeah
1: and what is the last one i'm drawing a blank
0: physical touch quality time words of affirmation um maybe we did do all five i
1: think so because oh we covered three with the two of us and then we just added in acts of service and gifts so
0: we're done. Okay. Yep. Okay. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Very
1: good. That's Very good. So, those are love languages. So, you can um, take the love language test. They have some just online if you don't want to actually read the book, but I do recommend reading the book. It gives you insight into all of them. And he does have variations of it too, like they have some for children, uh, teenagers, co workers. Like to know your co-workers love languages, helps you work better with people. And I think there's another one.
0: Just the romantic one. And then there's a, probably one working in churches too.
1: Probably. But there's a variety and he has a website as well. Something that he added on though was apology languages. Oh, this like gets deep. Yeah. <laughs> Right, because you can speak the love language all you want to, but then once somebody has messed up or done something or feelings are hurt or somebody is offended, speaking that love language doesn't always make it better. Right. So he identified that we all actually have an apology language as well, the way we need to hear an apology in order to accept it and move forward.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So my uh, apology language very, very high was accepting responsibility. It was yours
0: mine was expressing regret mm-hmm.
1: so expressing am um, accepting responsibility is being able to identify what you did and tell me that you take like i don't want to hear excuses basically right like somebody starts out with but i and i didn't mean i don't care <laughs> <laughs> no that doesn't matter because you did it so i just need you to just say i did it i messed up I'm sorry. And then hopefully I can do this differently next time. But that's a major part. Even if someone could spend 30 minutes apologizing to me, if it's all trying to explain why they did what they did, I don't care. I just need you to say you did it.
0: Yeah, and that was a high second for me. So like, I want to hear like, I regret that I did not follow through with this. Mm -hmm. I know that I did this, and I was supposed to do this. I regret that. Mm-hmm. I see that where my error was. But at the same time, I don't want to hear it was raining outside. Mm-mm.
1: Nope.
0: We have umbrellas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was raining when I went out there too, and I did what I had to do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. so, and expressing regret was a second for mine. So ours were just kind of flipped. Mm-hmm. Even the regret though has to come after you saying I was I did it. Yes, yeah. like for you, it's kind of the other way around. But it all has to be in there together for it to. Yes,
0: do I just and I honestly just need two sentences. I don't want a paragraph yes. because it's like you're digging a hole, and then the the other part of me will start to think, are they doing this to make themselves feel better? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And what's the big picture? Like, what's going on here? Just <laughs> <Yeah>. say. <saying.
1: laughs> well, like, why can't you just say you were wrong? And then we literally can move on, but you're dragging yes. us down with all yes. the explanation, with all the excuses. Like, it, you see, it was messed up. So just say that I was messed up and move on. So, yeah. yeah. So, how, but how are you with apologizing? I'll start out with my own exposing myself. I hate saying I'm sorry.
0: I don't say I'm sorry either. And I taught the boys to say I apologize. Right. Because I think about all the old movies and the, when people say they sorry and just the responses that the women gave. And I was just like, no, we're not gonna say that. And yeah. so I, don't, I recognize I don't even
1: like it. Yeah. I don't even like those two words coming out of my mouth. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I'm not sorry. Like if I made a mistake, okay. But you know, we talked about it in the past, if I make a mistake, stuff like that, like I'm already internally probably feeling terrible. And then to verbally say like calling myself like a sorry individual, because that's what it feels like for me. Yeah. So I have to be able to speak to what I'm actually apologizing for or where I feel like my error was with that person. Um, And so it has been difficult. I would say what steals my chill sometimes when maybe when I am the one in the wrong is if someone wants, um, I don't know which one it is, but if it, it almost feels like I almost was like groveling to the other person, asking them to forgive me. And a lot of times when it's like the way I've said something, I actually meant what I said. Because I thought about it. I don't just say stuff. <laughs> but it could be my tone. And now I don't know what to apologize for or how to express regret because the, my tone hurts your feelings. But I still want you to take in what I said.
0: Right, and I oftentimes will say, I apologize because I know that came out the wrong way. Like the message was clear, I do mean what I said, but I probably could have said it differently, mm-hmm. even though I thought about it. It just, and also it landed wrong. And so oftentimes when I feel like I've done something wrong and I recognize it because there has to be awareness, right? Mm-hmm. And I recognize it, I will take a step back and then I will come back and say, cause I have to think for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a quick apologizer, no. but I'm not slow either. Like, I, like a day, I'd sleep on it. A day? You saying that's not slow? No. Well, I think slow would be like a week, because then by then oh. I'd be like, oh,
1: okay. <laughs> I think you're holding it. Then <laughs> they'll just forget what I said, and we can just move on. <laughs> But yeah, I have improved, I guess I would have to ask Kevin if he thinks I've improved in that area, but we are very, very different when it comes to the apology. Um, languages and we miss each other, we have missed each other a lot, and it prolongs yeah. conflict. Yeah. And that's why this is so important It's like if you can just speak it the way the other person needs to needs to hear it then you can move on or maybe just get to what the real issue is instead of how something was said or how someone responded. So that's why this was really it was really good for us in our relationship to figure out how to apologize so the other person can hear it. But we are like literally at opposite ends of the spectrum. So you can tell when we're both really trying hard because it doesn't sound natural. I accept responsibility for this, and for knowing I said this, and then next time I will do this. I'm like, okay, I know you don't really feel natural about that, but that's exactly what I need to hear, and let's move on. Right. And I do the same thing, so.
0: Yeah, and the other part of that is being open to an apology from other people, even though, like, they know your your apology love language, because that's hard. Mm-hmm. it's not nat- like you said it's not natural for them and it's not going to come out the way you would say it so giving grace like we said last time they have different personalities they have different styles of communicating so you have to be able to be a bridge in yeah. the middle in the midst of it yes like okay
1: that was like 75 percent of what i needed i see you trying okay yep, and that's <laughs> and, okay and that's okay <laughs> you can coach each other on both of these things love language love language and apology language i mean this is it's going to help your relationship to get this right for both of you so if yeah. you say you did really well in this next time you know maybe do a little bit more of that and then how can i be better for you but that's why i really like this because it gives you something to work on of course and you can get yeah. better
0: <laughs> yeah yeah. So the other two are genuinely repent. So I, I just forgive me. I repent like Jesus repented, like Jesus tells us to repent. I think that's why I don't like that one.
1: <laughs> you are not Jesus. I don't need to. i to you as I said what I said. <laughs> Oh, that's my problem but keep going
0: and the last one is making restitution i was wrong what can i do to correct this so or let me do this instead
1: what do you think about that one the restitution one
0: Making habit.
1: it <laughs> yeah this is, to me it's like um they can ask you what can i do to make it better but it's also like i messed up let me bring you some flowers like let me try to you know no Mm -mm. where are the birds
0: right and my thing is like if it's apologizing for being late to something or for flaking out on something then call ahead next time so i would say that call ahead next time and cancel instead of like Mm -hmm. not showing up Mm -hmm. that would be the restitution
1: that's not restitution though (laughs) (laughs) that's not your language (laughs) (laughs) no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to tell me what you're going to do differently next time. So I yeah. can, right. right. That's right. that's different. Restitution is just like just making it up. And I don't know what, I don't know why we're different in certain ways. There's no way to make up for it. It's like, because it's already happened. Yeah. But I'm assuming there are some people that can that feel like there is a way to make up for but that's also how I feel about just myself in general again if I make a mistake there's nothing I can I can't make up for it
0: yeah I could see somebody whose love language might be gifts would like restitution so say you missed out on ice cream but you say well let's go have dinner and dessert next time like that would be appealing but for me that's not appealing I
1: was gonna say yeah that doesn't we missed yeah. Out on it. I need you to tell me that we missed out on it because of you <laughs> and then (laughs) how you're not gonna allow this to happen again it sounds so harsh
0: (laughs) but it's welcome to the dark side ladies
1: (laughs) (laughs) because i do that to myself i'm fully aware this is part of that thing because i beat myself up if i have made a mistake if i've been late if i've done something i think negatively affects someone even if they don't need me to take responsibility for it, I'm doing it internally. Oh, I really messed this up. I wish I had done it differently. Next time I'm gonna, I'm going through that in my mind. And so that's why, probably why I'm requiring that of someone else. I wanna know that you are torturing yourself the same way I torture myself. Yeah. Maybe that's a little dark.
0: (laughs) Slightly. It is what it is. I will also say, that in our society women tend to over apologize yes and so not i this, would say not this woman but not this one either i apologize when it's needed because I've, I've already thought about what i was going to do i'm not going to say sorry if i took your paper by accident oh it's your paper here you go that doesn't need an apology mm-hmm. um so i would say work on it might be still in your chill if you're over apologizing
1: oh it definitely is yes it definitely is <laughs> and, and, and figure out what that is. Um, and you can work on that with your children. I'm sure you worked on it with the boys because my, my girls have been very quick to say, I'm sorry, well, I'm sorry. I'm like, that's not worthy of an apology. Like you just made a mistake or no one was hurt. You can just say, oops, I give them other words they can say or I made a mistake or just, just rectify it in the moment, you know, whatever yeah. you did to pick it up. Um, but you don't need to apologize to me for, I'll even say it for being a human being, just, you're not sorry. Cause you're human. And they'll look yeah. at me like, what? I'm like just get the message in. You're not yeah. sorry. Cause you're human. Okay. And so we come up with other ways to either make it right or just, yeah. So, but yeah, women, especially I think Southern women. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Not, it actually kind of annoys me. Yeah. If someone apologizes a lot and I say, Girl, you are not sorry. Yeah, okay. You don't have to apologize to me. And have you ever seen that meme where they say, they give people, um, they say, when you feel the urge to say, I'm sorry, just say thank you instead.
0: Mm-hmm. Because that's what it should be in that moment. Because
1: mm-hmm. you really are appreciating, or you want to appreciate that the person is showing you grace or that they, they're not pouncing down your neck or, you know, not making you feel worse about what you've already done. So lean more into gratitude instead of self-deprecation
0: yes and the other thing i want to say about it is try not to apologize for people's feelings Mm. say more so if someone does something if someone is feeling frustrated with you for something you've done and they've acknowledged it and they've pointed it out to you don't say i'm sorry you're feeling sad You can't control their feelings and you shouldn't apologize for their feelings. That's their feelings and allow them to have it. You can say, I recognize that you're feeling sad. I recognize that you're feeling frustrated. And then think about what you did that may have caused that. Even though we don't control people's feelings, but think about your contribution to that Mm -hmm. interaction. Mm -hmm.
1: Love that. Take responsibility from what you may have contributed to them feeling that way, but they own their own feelings you can't change it that's a that's a no-win situation if you feel like feeling responsible for how people feel and yeah. you're doing a whole lot of work and no no one is going to be happy with you all the time and you can't please everyone all the time girl yes <laughs> good okay anything else about the languages the love languages Yeah. apology language does not have a book but it's that's on the website as well, so there's more information about that. And again, there is a test you can take, and this is a great thing to do to talk to your uh, your partner about.
0: Yes, and there's also one on there about anger languages, but we didn't do that one.
1: Oh, there's a new one. Hmm. Anger language. Ooh. You can. Getting... Okay. Was it Gary Chapman? Yeah. <laughs> keep it going. This... <laughs> something until the wheels fall off i mean <laughs> yes let's keep figuring out the different languages okay so the last thing we're going to cover is we're going to the spiritual aspect so um we're going to talk about spiritual gifts and spiritual temperaments where would you like to start sabria
0: <sighs> i guess we're going to start with the gifts honey let's get it out the way
1: what are your yep. top three <laughs> My top three are now. They recently have switched order, um, but so it used to. A few years ago it was teacher, administrator, exhorter, and exhorter is like encourager, right? Mm-hmm. That's all. And then now it switched from administrator is first, and then teacher, and then exhorter. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I'm always surprised that administrator being a spiritual gift of mine, but then it kind of makes sense (laughs) because of like order and structure. And I tend to be able to see like the big picture and how we want things to flow. Um, I can find a lot of problems in a system (laughs) and also help try to help find the solution to it, not just here's all the problems. So, um, and I think that became one, like I've been told people have explained, like, God will grace you with what you need during a certain season of your life. So it could have been a gift there, but I think I had to use more of it, like in having my own practice and like something, the the things that I've had to do, even this podcast, like that has had to come out more as a gift to help things flow well. Yes. Um, And
0: then
1: Teacher, I actually wanted to be a teacher when I was little. That was one, of, outside of being on Broadway. Um, I also (laughs) wanted to be a teacher. And I feel like I do a lot of what I do in counseling is a form of teaching people, like teaching people about themselves, how to to handle situations in a better way. Um, And then encourager, I've been told I'm encouraging. So I don't necessarily see myself that way. My mom is definitely um, and encourage her. So I probably get a lot of that from her, but she's much more um, soft and sweet than I am. So I think yeah. that's why I don't <laughs> identify it. I'm like a people, <laughs> I remember my first job, <laughs> me and another woman, we were very similar styles in therapy, but they would call her sweet mom, and I was a uh, mean mom. <laughs> So it's like, I know she loves me, but she's kind of harsh or she's just like straight to the point, but I can't help but like still feel loved by what she's saying to me because I know she wants the best for me. So that's kind of me.
0: Yeah, can you imagine what our meek moms think of us like being spitfires?
1: <laughs> no, I can't. But I know my mom has that in her. I know, yeah. that, but it's been, you know, circumstances, the way society has told women how to be like, it's a different generation. So they didn't feel yeah. comfortable. And I think they did raise us in a way where it's like, be that, but then it probably kind of also makes them uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, mom, it probably went farther than they thought that it would because I'm
1: sure- I'm sorry a lot. That's, and she, heard too. Me tell, she heard me tell the girls, and she was like, why would you tell them not to say you're sorry? I'm like, cause they're not sorry. <laughs> right. My girls are not sorry. Right. They can apologize, they can accept responsibility, they can they can regret something, but they are but they going. don't need restitution. <laughs> no, they ain't paying nobody back for anything. You stand your ground and you made a mistake, and the mistake was okay, but you don't have to be sorry. And she was like, right. oh, okay, but they're just trying to be polite. I was like, they don't have to be polite. Who who <laughs> <laughs> It's like
0: okay
1: <laughs> yeah yep so yeah that's me teach administrator teacher exhorter so what are your spiritual gifts
0: prophecy knowledge and teaching mm-hmm. so i used to be administrative some time ago i think when i was in school mm-hmm. and it switched and I actually um After grad school, I spent more time at church, more time delving in, because working at the psych hospital will send you somewhere. And so you have to make a choice. I chose church. And so the privacy is being able to hear what God says and pray about what he says. And if he says, share that with someone else, then share it. If not, I hold it and continue to pray until. Um, It happened the other day. Did I tell you the story? I had this. Um, about
1: the keys? Yeah,
0: the keys. I had this, it wasn't a dream, it just kind of a thought. It was a, it's like a passing thought for me sometimes um, that I was going to lock myself out of the house. And so I was very intentional about grabbing my keys all the time. Mm-hmm. The next week, I was resting in the room and I heard a knock on the door, on the window, and we're, our room was in the back of the house. It was Z. And he was saying he locked himself out of the house. And so that's where that came from. And so um, I oftentimes it's not about me, the prophecy. It may be about someone else, but it's me who I see when it happens. So, and it's very active right now for some reason. Um, Just so when
1: when you hear it or see it, I'm assuming it's both in the the times that I've kind of had those moments, it's I could either see something or hear something. You're saying it feels like it's you but you're aware that that doesn't mean it's always you.
0: Yeah, okay. I am. But, and then it's it happens in other ways. So I have dreams as well. Um, it may happen like in praying or in thinking about someone specifically in praying for them, I may get a vision or a word or something for them. And I may share that word without sharing the image that I saw. Um, mm-hmm. Just, and that is, it's supposed to be edifying or encouraging to lift their spirits or to help them get through a season they may be in. Um, does it feel like a burden to you? No, I love it. Okay. Yeah, I embrace it. Since I was little, it's happened. So I would say to my mom, I, I knew that was gonna happen, but I didn't do it. And she was like, girl, you better pay attention to that. Okay. And so I listened to her and I took it in and it happened. Like I knew Simon was a boy before the doctors told me he was a boy had a dream about it so some things come in revelations and some things come in words of knowledge or whatever but the other part is knowledge and that it comes from reading the bible so i have to read my bible because i can't (laughs) use the gift of prophecy if i don't know who god is so like there's a such thing as false prophets and i don't share that i'm a prophet um god has called us to different gifts and different abilities he's called us all to be disciples and bring others to christ but we have different ways of doing that. And so my ways are prophecy knowledge and teaching. And so knowledge is I study the word of God for truth and accuracy so that I can use it in prophecy or use it in teaching others about God. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Nice.
0: <laughs> so what are some. And so God gives us each to reiterate, God gives us each spiritual gifts because there's a scripture in the Bible and I meant to pull it up that says one is Mm -hmm. a counselor, one is something else. Um, And so God created us all differently to be able to work in his kingdom um, because different people have different needs and there's different ways of reaching people. Um, Sometimes it may be in the community, sometimes it may be at church, like there's missionaries. um, And so that's why there are different spiritual gifts So I have a list and this and each list is different sometimes some people say that there are 16 some people say there's 5000 but there's not that many. So I have a list of 14 and so they are faith mercy leadership discernment evangelism evangelism contributing knowledge pastor administrator apostleship wisdom prophet helper and teacher and there's no order to those it's just what gift you have and so for us we took this test because for me um i knew my personality i knew my dasc like my behaviors i knew my enneagram and so i took the spiritual gifts test in order to help me further my career or further the things that i need to be working on um like in my life and in my walk, and so it, it aligns. So prophecy aligns with counseling, and teaching aligns with counseling, and knowledge aligns with some things that I'm working on behind the scenes mm-hmm. that I'm not talking about.
1: <laughs> you don't want to share? No, I'm, no. I'm, kidding. I'm
0: kidding. Not yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I took it for the same reason. I've taken it a couple of times, and it always, you know, it kind of comes out similar. Sometimes different seasons in my life, something scores a little higher than another. Um, and I like that uh, that we don't we're not stuck in one thing just because and we're gifted really in all of these areas. We all have some of these things, right? And no one spiritual gift is more important than another. Say that again. One, yes. No spiritual gift is more important than they are all valuable and they are all needed and necessary. And so just because you may think you want to be a pastor and that did not come up on your spiritual gift. Maybe you're the teacher and that's just as impactful as a pastor and there are different things required of each of these gifts. Mm -hmm. So just wanna say that none of these are more important than the other, but also for me as well, um, it's helpful in again, knowing purpose. So if you're taking all these tests and then you also add in the spiritual, we're gonna do the temperament next, see how your spiritual gifts are showing up in your career Or if you're not tapping into your spiritual gift in your career, then you can work on that. So sometimes it's when you add in the spiritual part, you're like, oh, I'm seeing how I am. I am flowing in that way. Okay, this is why I am where I am. And then it could also, this is why I don't enjoy this. Or this is why this isn't the place for me because maybe I can't flow in what I need to flow in. Yeah,
0: yep. And then you wanna be operating in an area that you're not called to. So if I chose to be, I don't know, an administrator right now, it wouldn't work for me. I would be frustrated exactly, for a lot of reasons and you feel that, so.
1: And that's even, and in church, like I had, when we just joined a new church, they had everyone take this to kind of give an idea about what ministry you may be a good fit in and in what way. Because, I mean, nobody wants to waste their time doing something they're not good at, just to have a warm body there. So it can also help you figure out where you fit. Mm -hmm. Okay, so. Okay, so the the last one that we're going to talk about today is um, spiritual temperaments. So this kind of correlates with gifts, but this is the way, this is like the outward expression of yourself. So it's more of the personality, a spiritual personality, whereas the gifts are something kind of internal and it's what you're doing. Um, So the personality is like an outward expression of yourself and you can have the same maybe name of personality as someone else or maybe even the same gift to someone else, but it's gonna show up differently based on what your temperament is. So the first one is called a sanguine, sanguine. And this is an extrovert, a warm, buoyant, lively, and fun-loving temperament. Um, a common maybe career for this kind of person is like a salesperson. They make great actors, entertainers, preachers, probably the most popular preachers have a bit of a sanguine or sanguine personality. Is that you, Sabrina?
0: No, boo. (laughs) (laughs) Not me
1: either. (laughs) Okay, and then we have the choleric. This is again, and also an extroverted personality. This person is hot, quick, active, practical, strong-willed, very self-sufficient and independent. Tends to be like decisive and opinionated, sounds like a you know, like a leader. They like ooze self confidence and very goal oriented. Um, they identify like the apostle Paul was a choleric.
0: Hmm.
1: So it's kind of like the people that people go to for advice and they're gonna be like just straightforward with it, and they they draw people to them and people listen to them. Is that you, Sabria?
0: I mean, I have some of those qualities, but I don't believe that's me
1: either. Yeah. yeah, but this is much more like they're seeking out, like they put themselves out there and people respond. So right. it's so much more of a oh, like, no. Right, and we know mm-hmm. that's right. mm-hmm. no. Is <laughs> what, what? that you? Oh, no, ma'am, no, that's not, <laughs> no, no. Um, some, but the, for that one, also careers that you may see them in, again, sales, teaching, but very practical subjects, it's not gonna be anything like psychology. Um, politics, military, sports, things like that. So that gives an idea of what that kind of person is. Then there's the melancholy. This is an introverted type, (laughs) also referred to as the dark temperament. Um, (laughs) They are, they call this the richest of the temperaments. This, the melancholy person is analytical, self-sacrificing, gifted, perfectionistic, and very sensitive. Um, The strengths are that they're what I just said um most like composers artists musicians inventors philosophers things like that tend to be melancholies they think a lot
0: they sound like you it is me <laughs> <laughs> so you told me like the paul is like the um choleric mm-hmm. so do you have a person for the melancholy
1: well this says um no temperament has as much natural potential when energized by the holy spirit as the melancholy all the prophets were melancholy, like Solomon and the Apostle John. Interesting. To be energized by the Holy Spirit.
0: Hmm.
1: I don't think you have the natural energy.
0: No. And <laughs> I'm so- not
1: Yeah, and I even reading that, I could see that. Like when when I do do things, maybe in front of people, like it doesn't feel like it's me. Yeah. Or when sometimes if I've written things and I go back and read it, it doesn't feel like it was necessarily me. So that's interesting. And um, the last one is called the phlegmatic. And this person is cool, calm, slow, easygoing, well-balanced temperament, never seems to get ruffled, just like even keel, has a very high boiling point and seldom explodes in anger or laughter. They just like are even keel and their emotions are always under control. Phlegmatics tend to be in the field of education. They make excellent foremen, supervisors, and managers. They're very diplomatic and unabrasive, like they just know how to talk to people and work well with others. They're also very well organized, never come to a meeting unprepared, and tend to work well under pressure. Very dependable. The example of phlegmatic is Abraham. Hmm. He is the classic example of how God can transform a person's natural weakness into strength. Now you better say that. Yeah, Abraham's fear, worry, and indecision became resolution, courage, and action to the point that more space was given to Abraham. Wow. Yeah, so that's a phlegmatic. And so what I really like about this, um, the temperaments, like I I just like that it can show up differently. They do give you examples of different people, but that each person, there's a strength in it. None of them sound, like better than the other it's just you just embrace who you are so i personally am a melancholy yes yeah i think that it does fit well and it gives you an idea about to be at your best self like this is saying i need to be energized by the holy spirit in order to be my best self otherwise i'm going to be overly sensitive pessimistic and moody yeah and
0: mine is phlegmatic otherwise i'm going to be sarcastic Mm-hmm. <laughs> undisciplined to compromising. yeah that's that's me mm-hmm. one of the
1: things phlegmatic you might like this it says phlegmatics do not lack for friends because they enjoy people and have a naturally dry sense of humor that others enjoy
0: <laughs> it's so dry <laughs> <laughs> that's true
1: oh, yeah So we have a melancholy and a phlegmatic, but we are both on the bottom of the, there's a, there is a circle that shows and it's the introverted side. So we're still in the same lane, you see, and there's consistency in who who we are. It just shows up differently in different tests. And now we have a pretty well-rounded view of who we are and we have given you a a glimpse at it. We haven't shared everything, but you can also kind of get a better idea of who we are and why we do this podcast and why we work well together.
0: Yeah, if I, I want did, to go back. You, you didn't again. tell us who the sanguine person was. Oh, Who's the example okay. of the sanguine?
1: Okay, real quick. So then, was that the only one I didn't say? Did I? Yes, I said a Paul was choleric.
0: Mm-hmm. Peter that
1: makes sense Mm -hmm. every time he appeared in the gospels he was talking (laughs) his sinful betrayal and easy repentance with tears is typical of a sanguine peter became the strong resolute leader of the early church in the acts of the apostles everything he said was right because he was filled with the spirit
0: Hmm. Simon is Simon was named after Peter, you know, Simon and then Peter. Mm-hmm.
1: And, Simon.
0: and that's Simon. He says what he says. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Yeah. So in, in this particular one, um, they gave each one kind of like a little adjective that goes with it. So it's that a sparky sanguine, the rocky choleric, maestro melancholy, and the flip phlegmatic.
0: Flip, huh?
1: Mm-hmm. Say what you say.
0: Not we don't flip tables
1: though. No, no, no. gotta stay even. So we hope you have enjoyed this, you know, journey with us sharing who we are, and hope this this has encouraged you to take a journey, a similar journey, to just take some time, maybe once a week or whenever you have time to take one of these tests and learn more about yourself. And one of the main reasons we wanted to do this particular episode is we're focusing what's stealing your chill. In order to even identify that, you have to know who you are. So we've shared a couple of situations. We shared a couple of our little, uh, what would you call them? Weaknesses or personality quirks that areas
0: for growth. Areas <laughs>
1: for growth that can contribute to us, you know, our chill being stolen or us not embracing our chill. And because we know it, because we're aware of it, we can do something about it. So Sabria even shared, like at the beginning of this. Of this episode, you know, exposing herself in this way was stealing her chill, uh, and you didn't want to just leave it there. So, right. with my encouragement, we continued. Does it still feel that way?
0: No, this one doesn't feel as as much. I think for me, the sharing the enneagram was the one.
1: Because mm. that one, that is that does go pretty deep. We didn't even go there. Yeah.
0: It was deep enough. <laughs> And you know, I like deep. I enjoy deep because but I'm introverted. Not right, right under the surface. But we could have shallowly, more shallow, like put your toe in the water, in Enneagram style. But we didn't do that. But it's OK. It's What's done is done.
1: It's OK. And you're fine. You're fine. Yep. So, OK. Get to know you. You're the only one that can make any necessary changes that you need to make to be better, to be a better version of you. Um, And I think the more you get to know yourself, the more you'll like yourself and then the more you want to take care of yourself and love yourself and you can teach others how to treat you well. yeah and as moms, we can also be examples for our children to get them to know themselves better so they can communicate their needs. All right, so Sabria, do you have a chill pill for the ladies for today.
0: Yes. Acknowledge who you were. Be aware of who you are, and embrace who you are becoming. That's the grow up.
1: Mm, I like that. Yeah, it's definitely a chill pill. Now, definitely help you get your chill back, or discover how to be chill. And that's what the purpose of this uh, episode was today. So, chill out, mamas. See you next time. Before you go, don't forget to like, share, and follow us at Chill Out Mama Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also email us at chilloutmamapod at gmail.com. We'll have brand new episodes every Tuesday, so we look forward to you joining us next time.